I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, hello. Welcome along once more to My Mate Bought a Toaster. Good to have you back. Thank you for bringing us your ears. Before we crack on with the show, today's guest, by the way, the brilliant Ravni Gill. If you don't know who she is, you're going to love her. You're going to absolutely love this episode. If you do, ditto. You're still going to love this episode. She's a wonderful chef um, who is best known for being on Junior Bake Off. She's one of the judges on that. And uh, she's going to be super, super famous in the next few years. She's so cool. Um, So very excited about that. But before we crack on with that, just a quick word to remind you that we have a competition here on My Mate Bought a Toaster. Oh, yeah. And congratulations, first and foremost, to Thomas Pitts. He is the winner of a very, very lovely Ninja Foodie Dual Zone Air Fryer worth £149. Well done, Thomas Pitts. Uh, We will be sending you that very soon. This is all thanks to our partners this series, Hot Deals UK, an absolutely fantastic platform where you can find out all the latest bargains on just about anything all you got to do is download the app hot deals uk and then just start searching stuff and essentially you have got a community of over two million people hunting out the deals for you they are the hunters you can be the gatherers there you go i really hope hot deals uk have listened to that because they should really You should really use that. They can have that for free, guys. You're welcome. Anyway, Hot Deals UK. It's really, really good. Get the app. Get searching on there. We have more prizes as well, thanks to Hot Deals UK. Uh, This time, we are giving away a Ring doorbell. It's worth £99. It's very cool. If you haven't got a super smart doorbell, um, then I can recommend them. They will allow you to be that person walking down the street shouting at your delivery person to leave your really, really valuable package in some random probably very vulnerable spot okay if you want to win this then 99 pounds worth of smart doorbell from the lovely ring all thanks to our friends at hot deals uk all you've got to do is follow us on socials hot deals uk on insta follow us toaster pod on insta and on tiktok we're toaster pod there as well follow all three of those accounts and we will find you and one of you one of you lovely followers will be winning a ring doorbell next week all right on with the show Oh, when I need a laugh, there's a help in people. With Tom Fox talking to these funny people. He's asking what they find in the town stories. Can somebody yell out the name of the show, please? It's my mate, Boy Toaster. Oh, it's my mate, Boy Toaster. Yeah, yeah, it's my mate, Boy Toaster. Hello and welcome back. This is My Mate Bought a Toaster and this week I am thrilled to be joined by the fabulous, fabulous uh, cake maker extraordinaire. Can we go with that? It's, it's Ravneet Gill. Off of many, many things, I guess, I guess Junior Bake Off is the, is the biggie, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, also, what else? What else do we, I mean, do you want the full CV list now? Do we? No. Fine. You just, People just... can find it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good. Online. Go online. Go online. To find out more. Or... <laughs> I always think it's weird to do sort of some podcasts do a really long biography of their yeah. guests before the show. I'd rather just start and then by the end of the show, everyone's going to know. Everything. Or they'll go, I want to know more, or I don't. Then yeah. they can figure out themselves. Yeah, fine. Let people yeah. make their own choice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good, good. Uh, anyway, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming to do it. Thank you. Now, I've got um, your Amazon history here, and I was explaining to you just before we started um, what we do is we go right back. So, so bear with me. I didn't even know you could go right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go to your orders, right? And then, God, I'm just, this is like, I've done so many of these. This is like autopilot now. And it says past three months. Yes. Okay, that's where we're going to end the show. Okay. Right, the past three months. Um, so think of something funny to say about cocoa powder, by the way, because that's the latest, <laughs> that's the latest order. And then if you click on past three months, there's options there and you see all the years yes, going okay. down. So then, <laughs> so what we're going to do is go to your first order. Your first ever order on Amazon. Any idea? No. What it might be? When, what year was it, the first? 2010. Okay. Um, 
Oh my God, I don't know what it was. Well, look, let's find out. It was on the uh, 8th of March, 2010. Uh, you bought... What was it? <laughs> Is it a book? I'm always tempted to keep this moment going as long as possible, just to really extend the agony. Was a book by Henry Hill. It's called The Wise Guy Cookbook. My favourite recipes from my life as a good fella to cooking on the run. <laughs> I don't even have that book anymore. I mean, cooking on the run, even cooking on the run in the Federal Witness Protection <laughs> Programme, where prosciutto was impossible to find and gravy was something you put on mashed potatoes, he managed to keep good Italian food on the table. Wow. This is a, this I don't is, have that book anymore. But right. Has, has the book gone into witness protection? I don't know what I've done with it, but I don't even remember buying that. that I think is... I would have bought that probably for myself and for my brother. Right. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so how many siblings have you got? There we are. Just one brother. The one brother. All right. Um, also a, a fan of the cooking? Sometimes. Okay. He's a banker. Right. But he's also he incredibly books, artistic. So he, he can he can draw with a pencil and it looks like real. Oh, wow. He he's amazing, yeah. What? But he but he's a banker. And I always think, why don't you just draw? Yeah. I can think of well, there's probably one reason. The, the yeah, oh yeah. Reason. You know the <laughs> that 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 M thing. Yeah, yeah. that's it, M. Mm. What's it? Yeah, what's oh, I can't remember how it goes. Um <laughs> Okay, all right, so your brother's an artist. I mean, so obviously quite an artistic family then, because what you yeah. do is artistry, right? Yes, but I can't draw anything, and he can draw... Oh, his drawings are incredible. Okay. Yeah. Some people can just do that. Yeah, and he thinks he thinks it's stupid that I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, but that's siblings for you. Yeah, fine. There's, there's you know, never... <laughs> Never build your opinion of yourself <laughs> yeah. based on what your siblings <laughs> yeah. say about you. I think also I've always wanted him to like me. Yeah. And I think I probably bought that book so he'd like me. Oh, this is... Oh, we've gone deep straight away. <laughs> I know. First item. And it's just because you want the love of your brother. Yeah. Is he older? Yeah. So how much older? Uh, like 18 months. Oh, that's pretty close then. Yeah. Okay, okay. So year above at school? Yeah. Same school? Yes. And he'd always tell me, I don't like you as a person. <laughs> I love you because you're my sister, but I don't like you. Does he still tell you that? No, I think now he does like me. When do you start to... Because I remember with my brother, <laughs> my brothers are much older, eight and ten years. I think we started to like each other about 21, 22. I finally went, I mm. can like you now. But before then, it was... Mm. We just rubbed along. It was really annoying. Well, I'm 32. Mm. So it's only happened in the last couple of years. I see. I'd say after lockdown, sort of in the middle of lockdown, maybe. Did you? You didn't have lockdown with your brother. Did I you? did. Oh my life! I moved back into my parents' house right before lockdown, and then lockdown happened, oh. and I was with my mum, my dad, my brother, and my grandma. Wow. Yes. Well, at least your grandma was there. Now I've seen yeah. your, your beautiful grandma, who sadly yeah. passed away, didn't she? Yes. She's all the stuff on Instagram about her is gorgeous. Yeah, she is. An amazing woman. Yeah. That must have been an intense lockdown. I mean, we yeah. know everyone had an intense lockdown, yeah. obviously. But it's quite weird when you have a situation where you just take a big step back into the your past, right? It's yeah. It's like a time tunnel. Yes. But it was intense, but I also think it was some of the best times of my life. Yeah. Because me and my grandma, we became like best friends. We were always very, quite close. Yeah. But that lockdown period, it just... I'd go into her room every night and watch stupid TV. Oh. We'd giggle all day. Yeah. We kind of formed an alliance against my mum. <laughs> and it was just quite nice. We really like bonded over lockdown. And you'd never get this time. Like, when are you going to spend yeah. a year of your life with your grandparents? Yeah, I know, I know. Every day. Um, all right, so uh, the love of your brother, that has now come. Is it okay he likes you as a yes. person? Yes. Do you think that's your drive? Every, every time you make <laughs> some sort of pudding or cake, you're like, I want my brother to love this. Yeah, it is. And then often he'll tell me, what I can improve or what he doesn't like. So then what he says is when he really likes something, he really tells me that he loves it. And he says that wouldn't I prefer it if he just gives me the positive praise when I deserve it and not all the time. So it's like having a spare dad, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh no, he is like my dad. Yeah. He's more of like a dad than my dad. <laughs> As in my dad is so lovely, but he's just kind. Right. Whereas my brother will give it to me. Right, right, right. He'll let you know the truth. Yeah. And truths. Yes. He will always give me truths. I feel like a lot of psychology is all about the parents and did you love your mum enough and why did she never love you back and your dad got in the way. Yeah. And I'm like, Freud, mate, take a moment, have a quick look at siblings for yes. me. So have a, take a, have a day on siblings, Freud. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, so that's 2010. We covered a lot in that. Yeah. 
This is going to be a good one, guys. <laughs> um, you also bought The Ascent of Babel, an exploration of language, mind, and understanding. Oh. I don't <laughs> remember that. With The Ascent of Babel, psycholinguist Jerry Altman takes us on a journey of discovery, illuminating how, through the workings of the brain, we use language to reach out and touch each other's minds. Why well, did a psychology degree? Oh, well, it's probably for that, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, where did you go to uni? Southampton. Very nice. It was nice. Good. Loved it. It's a laugh, isn't it? Mm. Three years? Yeah. Classic. A lot of people these days going for the four year at uni. Mm, no. Because a lot of people go after three years and then you're sort of left and you and weirdly yeah, you loser. Feel, you loser. You feel ancient <laughs> when you're yeah, stuck on campus. <laughs> and people are like, don't talk to him, he's twenty two. Yeah. And I went back to visit friends who had done that extra year. Yeah. And it was a bit like, ooh. <laughs> a bit weird. Yeah, exactly. You still like uh, what in a flat share? Yeah. I mean, I am in a flat yeah. share in London, but whatever. <laughs> it's strange, isn't it? You go back and sort of patronise them a bit. Yeah. Do you ever have anything to do with Southampton now? Do you ever go back? No, never. Never go back. That's no. my approach. <laughs> like, the, like the I'm like the SAS with university. Never go back. No, but when I grew, like, I think first couple of years of my life, I grew up in Southampton for a little bit because my dad bought a corner shop in Southampton oh. and we lived above it in Dibden Perlu. Right. Mm. And you this is you old enough I, to remember. I, this. I remember like going into the shop and eating as many sweets as I could because I was allowed. I was never told no for sweets. So this is where the your yeah. career started. 100%. I had a hole in my tooth because I ate so much sugar, crunchies and chocolate covered raisins. Because your dad's so lovely and he was just so saying, nice. Yes. That's so sweet. <laughs> So nice. So is your dad, is that what he's always done? No. So he's done loads of things. But he, when I was really young, so he had this shop, he had this idea to buy this shop and then a Tesco opened and we had to move because obviously no one's going to buy these pizzas from this little freezer when you can go to Tesco. And then we moved to late, back to Leighton, Leightonstone area. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was like a security guard, but also like a train, like for, I think, the Times or something. And then he did some sort of like form of accounting for his brother's business. Okay. But then when he was about 40, he retrained to be an accountant himself. And I remember he, he like went to university. Oh, wow. Like on weekends to train to be an accountant. And he got, he trained to be a sensei in karate. This is like. I know. Your family. And then he. It was a full-time accountant after that, but got his accolades, you know? Really hard to train Mm. to be an accountant. Yeah. It takes years, and they love failing people who are trained to be accountants. A couple (laughs) of my friends have done it, and it's... He failed a few times. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Does he do your accounts? He does. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a really... It's a good thing and a bad thing, because he knows every purchase I make. Oh, no. Yeah, and sometimes it's annoying because I want to lend a massive chunk of money to a friend who I know will pay it back. Yes. But I don't want to justify to him that I've yeah. done that. You've got to be really careful sharing your purchases yeah. with people. So the 31st of March, <laughs> 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more it's more psychology stuff. Okay. Uh, nature versus nurture, ideas and concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, Hamlin, all colour, 200 slow cooker recipes. So cooking, obviously, vital, huge part of your life. Even at uni, even at this young yeah. age, you're like... Did you cook for everyone on your corridor at halls? I cooked for everybody. God, I would love to be. And I loved it because also I didn't drink. Right. So, but I loved going out. So I'd go on every night out, but I'd be up first thing in the morning. Oh. You know, and I... So you're like a designated diner. Yeah. That's and I used to cook good. people food and I used to make cakes, <sighs> do little bake sales. All because your brother. Yeah. <laughs> All yes, of your brother. to please. <laughs> um, okay. Could you ever have predicted at that point when you were studying psychology... Could you ever have predicted that you'd end up doing what you're doing now? No. Interesting. I thought I was going to go and do, like, I actually got offered a PhD in macular degeneration, which is like... eye stuff. It's eye stuff. And eye movements. And then I turned it down because I thought, I want to go and be a chef. Right. Yeah. But that was only in the third year. So that thought hadn't really crossed my mind until then. Do you remember the moment? Okay, so it's the, it's the offer of something else. Yeah. That's quite helpful, isn't yeah. it? The offer of something else makes you go, oh, right. Actually, it's definitely not that. Yeah. It's a useful way to do things. Mm. A bit like sort of dating, isn't it? I guess mm. using an app. No, no, no. <laughs> so it's definitely that. You nearly become an eye doctor. Yeah. It's very different. I know. It's very, I mean, I guess both pudding stuff and eye doctors, both dealing with jelly. And, but I also think that with this whole, 
going like going to be an I person. Mm. It was because I just wanted to feel important that I knew stuff. But actually, I'm not. I'm not that good at academic stuff. Yeah. But I had to work so hard to be good. Yes. And my tutor was like, "You should go and do this PhD because I see a lot of potential in you." And I think part of me wanted to do it just to make Simon happy. <sighs> do you know what I mean? Get lost, Simon. But actually, it, it, it didn't come Simon. so naturally to me. I didn't get it very quickly. Academia is this 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 circle and the number of square pegs that try and get rammed through mm-hmm. it and people then they turn on themselves with it and go oh you know I'm, I'm no good at it I must be thick and it's like yeah. why do people marry up academia and intelligence in a way that says the only way to prove intelligence is academia yeah it drives me mad because academia is almost a game it's almost like a computer game and it's a trick and if mm. you know the way to do things you're gonna be good which is why I'm always suspicious right T- tell me if this is just me when people say oh oh um, you'd love Adam he's really clever I was like, what do you mean? Do you know what, do you, yeah. do you know what people say? Oh, he's re- some people I know put real stock in intelligence. Oh, he's yes. very intelligent. Yes. Like, what What do you mean? What have they done? Mm. See, I've never thought that. When someone would say that to me, I would uh, immediately feel intimidated by someone. That, and that's what the game is. Oh, that's the power of academia. It works on me. <laughs> don't, don't let it work on you. So... So you've always liked the sort of, um, so you wanted the kind of status of being a doctor and having information. My, and... my mum loved it. She was so excited that I might be a doctor. Oh, telling all but her friends. But it wasn't even a real doctor. Has she told her friends what you've actually done? She told them that I would work in, a, that I was working in a restaurant. But I was, I was actually like being a chef. Yeah. And she would just tell them that I work in a restaurant. Really? Yeah, Whereas if you she were... didn't like it. Really? Yeah. At uh, what moment did she become at peace with it? In lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> because she was eating all your cake. Yes. <laughs> Where we're going, we'll be showing that we listen to toast Cause these lovely ass people gonna talk to the host He's gonna ask a couple uh, questions What they're buying the most Cause one man got there just like the piece of toast Alright, so 2013 now, Rav uh, Four orders over the year um, And we really see where you're going uh, The Polar Gear Cake Carrier That's a cool idea Okay yeah, It's just you put a cake It's a yeah. cake thing with a yes. handle on it, basically Okay I imagine you now sort of setting off into the world. Goodbye, Southampton. Yeah. Goodbye, eye doctor. And you've got under your <laughs> arm a cake in a bag. <laughs> yeah. Here she goes. Yeah. Uh, what were you doing in 2013? How, how had you begun the journey to become... You were working as a um, chef. Yes. I was, and actually yesterday I walked past the first ever place I worked as a chef with my husband. Oh. And it, it's a private members club in Mayfair. Oh, wow. And I was like, this is where I worked. Uh, and that, that was quite a weird feeling because I also had forgotten completely that I worked that I'd worked there. How long did you work there for? A couple months, and then basically the chef asked me out on a date. Uh. No, and then I went to this date. It was in Highbury, Islington, okay. to this Italian restaurant that yeah. sort of by was by meat liquor. Uh, yes, yes, okay. And I remember going on this date with this guy. Who was your boss? Who was my boss? But I didn't realise it was a date. I thought we were just getting dinner. Right. And right. my friends. We were having a discussion the other day about how naive I am about things like this. Mm-hmm. And I thought we were just having a really nice dinner. Then at the end of the dinner, he tried to kiss me. And I was so shocked. Oh, God. I was I was in shock at the train station. Like, I can't believe... Like, oh, was, my God. Was it a lunch? Was it a proper lunch? It was a dinner. No, but l- not oh, lunch. Oh, oh. <laughs> a lunch. Uh, lunch. It was kind of not like lunch, lunch. he looked started to look really soppy and his eyes went all soft and he like leaned in to kiss me. And I remember thinking... Are you having a stroke? I was really confused. And then I never went back. I hope you didn't... You know, how did you feel about that? I must have been, I must have been quite awful. I was quite upset. Yeah, you just lost your I was job. Like, I thought you were my mate. Uh, and I thought we were just having dinner together. Oh, I really, that's... I just didn't even understand that it was. A yeah, date. I don't think that's on you not reading his signals. I think that's that's you know. Yeah. But also, that's him using status, right? How was he older than you? Yeah. Mm. Interesting. And I just thought, what a nice guy. So lovely. He's really nice. Taking he's, me out for dinner. He's paid for my food, and now he's he's very keen to show me his flat. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's weirdo. How many places have you worked in? How many places have you been a chef? Like too many. So do you do that thing? Because as a stand-up, I walk around London or anywhere and I can mm. see I did a gig there. Mm-hmm. Do you have the same thing? I well, When I was sh- working in kitchens, mm. I used to work so much, but I would do full-time job in a kitchen. But then I would also do a thing called a stage, which is where you go and do work experience in other kitchens. Wow. And I used to love doing that on my days off because I felt like you could just 
learn something from somebody. And I was so engulfed in it that yeah. I used to do so many stages that I've worked in quite a lot of places. And then I would make friends there and then maybe they'd open a restaurant and I'd go and work for them. And, okay. you know, it's sort of like I have... Just down, actually walking down here, I went walked past Andrew Edmonds. Right, okay. I worked in Andrew Edmonds because my boss, Tom at St. John, went to Andrew Edmonds and I went there. And he and he's this man who always picks me up whenever I fall down in life, you know, like whenever I've been fired. Oh, Jesus. Or just left a job. Yeah, oh yeah, just had to leave a job. He will just give me a job. He always gives me a job. What's out of the blue? He just appears. He'll. I'll just call him up and he'll say, "Yeah, come and work for me." So, like, I uh, there used to be a fried chicken shop down the road called Billy and the Chicks. Right. Okay. And I even used to fry chicken there with him in the basement because I needed some work. Wow. So this guy, Tom Trubshaw. Yeah. He always sort of rescues me. It's funny how we have people like that. Mm. These sort of guardian angels who just happen to always have stuff going for you and help you out. But we can often be like, they're amazing. But the reason they're doing it is because you're really good. That's yeah. the thing you can forget. You can always be like, oh, God, I'm lucky I've got them. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. no, no, they're, they're lucky that you're there because they need good people, right? Yeah. Well, maybe, yeah. He's yeah. he's brilliant. And now he came around the other day. And if I need a reliable pair of hands, he will also be my reliable pair of hands on an event Excellent. or something. Like, I know I can ask Tom. The apprentice has become the master. He's a great yes, guy. Yes, 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 I see. Mm. Um, and are you, do you work as a chef now at all, though? Or not? So now I dip my toe in. Oh, I see. My husband's a chef. Oh, yeah. is that where you met then? Yeah. Tell us everything. We met side by side, literally working side by side in a neighbourhood restaurant in South London. Right. And I went to do this opening. It was like a neighbourhood restaurant, seasonal British sort of uh, restaurant. And I'd been approached to do the desserts. Yes. By a man called Alcides, and who was the general manager and he knew of me because he used to run a place called Rochelle Canteen Mm -hmm. and I worked at St John and that's the husband and wife so he knew of me doing these desserts so he brought me into this project it was called Llewellyn's the restaurant and I actually saw the only the other day Katja and so he brought (laughs) me in web of people yeah he brought me in and he brought a chef called Warren in Mm -hmm. and Warren was Anchor and Hope style really good chef Mm -hmm. he was the head chef I was the pastry chef and then Warren brought in his stupid mate called Matty and I distinctly remember they walked into my flat because I did a tasting for them one day before the restaurant had opened I see in in Highbury and Islington ah okay so so just stop you so a tasting is when you're like here here are some ideas I've got for stuff come and see what you think yeah and also I'm quite funny about I want to prove to you that I can cook because so many times you people are blaggers they don't like that so Interesting. I'm always like, let me prove to you. How do you mean blaggers? In that they have two or three things they can do and that's it. Yeah. So many people blag their way into jobs, especially in the food world. Interesting. But they I get don't found like out. That. Sometimes no. Okay. But I've got a friend who's a real blagger. <laughs> and I'm always like, come on. Anyway, so I bought, they came to my flat and yeah. I, I'd made all these puddings for them to try. Mm. And Warren had bought this stupid guy in and I thought, can't stand this guy. Yeah, this guy's a dick. I bet you Second never saw I him met again. him, and I said to my girlfriends afterwards, "Oh, it's a good, good. I'm good. I'm going to work there because um, I don't fancy any of the guys." Oh my god! You know, and then um, and how long did it take? For him? Oh my god! We started working together, and I was like, "Whoa, I'm in love with you!" Wow. What? You often hear that people say, <laughs> "I thought this guy was it. I actively didn't like him." He didn't like me either. Okay, I don't understand what's happening there. Yeah, what, what... he unfollowed me on Instagram after meeting me. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's brutal. Yeah, that must have been a very awkward refollow on your wedding day. All yeah, right, well, I don't even go. know when the refollow happened. No, no, I'd be doing that very carefully if I was in mm. like date one. Mm. That's so interesting, Rav. I, I find what part of our brain is sort of disgusted by someone, <laughs> but also lusts after them. It's really weird. <laughs> I think it's funny. because he's the complete opposite of anybody I had ever met in my life. Wow, okay. And he's also the complete opposite to me. Good. So that I was so shocked by him, but interested, intrigued maybe. Yes. And now, as marriage shows you, Mm. you have someone to hate for the rest of your life. Yes. It's a wonderful gift. I actually said to him last night, I will start a list now and put in all the things why I hate you. (laughs) Because he'd done something really stupid again. He basically just comes and makes a mess everywhere. Uh And he's the opposite to me. I'm organised. I'm clean. Yeah. Everything's got an order in the house. Right, and he's right, right. the complete opposite. <laughs> How often do you lose your patience with him? Like, every, every day. day. <laughs> but I also, it's like lovable. Okay. Yeah. Are you sure he's not a dog? He's sort of, it <laughs> he, sounds... could, he 
could be like a like a Labrador. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would you ever have seen yourself with a guy like this? What kind of guy did you go for like when you were a teenager? You know, like a te- like teenage Rav. Mm. If she could see you now with this guy, would she would just be like, oh my God, what have you done? Growing up, I always thought I would have a man who earned all the money, mm. who was rich, who, um, you know, was just sensible. Very traditional. Traditional. Because I'd been brought up that way. I'm mm. Indian and I'd been sort of told that I had to marry a doctor or a lawyer or something. I see. Someone with prestige. And that was... Is that right? Yeah. And- someone with assets. And so, so who would be pushing this agenda? The, your my, my, my parents. Both yeah. of them. Yeah. So whilst your dad's there happily saying, "Eat all the sweets you like," Mary, here's a list of the three men. Assets. Really? Yes. And oh, even I remember when I first started dating Matty, my husband. Now I did actually ask him, "Do you have any assets?" <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was mad. I just but I wasn't that. joking. It's the first date. <laughs> Can we get the menu? Thank you. <laughs> Tell me about your assets. Yeah, me ask. Can I look at your bank account? That's extraordinary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> Welcome back to My Mate Bought a Toaster. We are about to crack on once again with a deep dive into the Chef Ravni Gill's Amazon purchase history. Before we do that, though, just enough time to tell you about the fantastic podcast, False Economy. They are on Insta, at False Economy Pod. Go and give them a follow and see what they're up to. It's a really, really great podcast, hosted by Vic Slayton and Paul Watson. They go through all sorts of retail disasters and triumphs and they dig into a bit of uh, retail news kicking about as well. That is the excellent False Economy with Vic Slayton and Paul Watson. Give them a follow on Insta at False Economy Pod. Give them a listen after the completion of today's episode of My Mate Bought a Toaster, which happens now. We're going to go to 2015 now. Uh, Ten orders placed over the year. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I'm starting to see a, a theme. I think you might be into food. Um, the Wedding Cake Decorators Bible. Have you done a lot of wedding cakes? I used to do loads of them and then oh. I stopped doing them. What's the most I out- hate them. What's the most outlandish wedding cake you had to do? I don't know about if they were any of them were outlandish, but I used to do sort of like five, six, seven tiers. Oh. But I hate them. No one ever wants to pay as much as they should be, Yeah, I used to find. Yes. And they would take so much time and effort and logistics and planning. Taking the wedding cake oh. to our wedding is one of the most stressful. It's more stressful than the day we drove back from the hospital with our first baby. Oh. Taking the wedding cake in the car. <laughs> yeah. Don't let it move! It's yeah. moving! Yes. Because oh, it was absolutely horrific. Yeah. I used to do wedding cakes on the side. And this was me working full time and then doing wedding cakes to earn and extra you, money. And your stages. Yeah. It's a lot, isn't it? But you, because you'd get paid so little back then uh-huh. that I needed to make the wedding cakes on the side to earn an extra bit of money and I look back recently at birthday cakes I used to make for people then yeah. I charged 20 pounds for a birthday cake but it used to cost me about 15 pounds in ingredients I mean no wonder your dad did an emergency accountancy <laughs> course but making five pounds I was like wow how old were you at this time this is, I know if you were like 13 I'd be like oh. no I was like in my 20s is it because you just is it it's quite hard though isn't it when you do a job where you have a skill and you know what goes on under the bonnet. You know the truth of it and all the shortcuts and the hacks and the tricks. So when you quote for it and make a number up, you're always like, you know what I mean? Yes. You're very low self-esteem about it. Yes. But the person buying the thing is like, what you do is incredible. No, but often they're like, you should do it for free. Yeah, you. Need, I used to get that all the time. You need to get different clients. Yeah. What's the most you've ever charged for a wedding cake? 
You could, I'll tell you, you could name no. the price now. Honestly, about 500 quid. Yeah. People pay way more than that. I mean, you can buy cakes in Tesco's probably for about yeah. 500 quid. <laughs> also, think about a wedding cake. I'm always just a bit stressed out because they look so amazing. And you must get those when you're doing Bake Off. Isn't there a moment when you're a bit like, I don't really want to destroy it? Especially with the kids. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I never think that. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is okay. This is interesting. We found the mark of the professional versus the eater. Um, how is that moment when you've got you have to be so careful when you are eating the food that the kids have made just because their personal hygiene is mm, awful, mm. <laughs> yeah, but also because you have to be psychologically careful and you don't want to upset anyone. I think you, you have to learn that skill, mm. but also, I think one of the things that's always helped me is that I have a genuine passion for the fact that I want them to potentially be bakers. Yes. In the future. So I know that you've got to be kind. Interesting. Because, you know, you, this could be the next generation of bakers. So you're not being your brother. No. You're being your dad. You're channeling your yes. dad here. Yes. 12th of December 2015, Sage by Hester Blumenthal, the Nutriducer. That stuff. I remember buying that. It's just blenders. And also, so annoying to clean. So annoying to clean. Mm-mm. Literally what I was about to say. I'd rather buy juice. I'd rather go and buy a juice and just be really environmentally unfriendly. But also I'd rather have a disposable one of these where you throw it away every time. Yeah. Because what you're doing is blitzing these oranges or whatever and the gristle and the bits and the stuff and the grime, that's going to go into every possible corner yes. of this machine. You're never cleaning that. It's so annoying. You're pebble dashing the insides of this yes. machine. Yes. And it's just it's just not going to work. And everyone is so naive when they get those machines. They're just like, this is amazing. It's going to change my life. Yeah. I would you love, really feel this is going to change my life. You really believe it? Yeah. I would love to. I think I think all juice machines, right, should come with a number, right, which is the average number of juices people actually make over the yes. lifetime of that product. So they go, this is the Sage by Heston Blumenthal. It's got a juicing number of 3.4. Mm. On average, people make 3.4 mm-hmm. juices before they never touch it again. Yes. Because that's all it is. Yeah. It, it's just going to, it's going to sit in your cupboard. I mean, how many times did you use it? Once, maybe. <laughs> after them realising that it needed heavy cleaning afterwards. I don't like that. And there's other ways to blitz juice. Anyway, 17th of December 2016, driving test success. <laughs> All tests. <laughs> I had passed by then. Why are you spending seven ninety nine on driving tests? I think though? I bought it for someone who I was trying to inspire to do their driving test. Because I can't fucking stand it when people can't drive yes can you drive yes i just think it's so pathetic my wife can't drive and it drives me mad i'm just like no get driving lessons get driving lessons i can't handle it yeah yeah some of my friends can't drive and i always say come on yeah 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 and it and also i would never date a guy who couldn't drive and can your other half can drive then and he drives me everywhere as well as mad that's perfect. That's something I love about him is he drives me everywhere. Drive me mad and mm. everywhere. Yeah, it's great. I, honestly, when I was first dating Beth, she, she made no bones about it. <laughs> uh, we were like 22, 23, and she was like, you're the only person I knew who had a car. So I do know. think it's slightly different in London, though, because you don't necessarily need to learn how to drive. Mm. But again, I, I won't, like, I just think it's a skill that is so important. Mm. Even if you don't actually get a car yeah. and become a driver, just to be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I like seeing your slightly intolerant side. It's interesting. Do you <laughs> get big ro- intolerant side. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, do you get road rage? Yes, of do course. You? I actually once hit somebody because I was telling someone to fuck off. <laughs> and they laughed. I was on Green Man Roundabout and I was going, this van cut me up. Oh, mate. And I was so angry yeah. that I was looking at them and they were laughing, these two boys laughing at me, loving me. Oh, and I said, oh, fuck off. And then as I went straight, I just went bang into the taxi in front of me. And they thought it was so funny. Oh, and obviously they won and they drove off. Oh, no. oh, the boys thought it was funny. Yeah. Oh, no. It was really humiliating. How bad was the damage? Well, actually, the taxi driver never claimed anything. Oh, so fine. Like bumper business. Yeah. Oh, bumpers. Are, that's fine. Driving's just bumper cars. Don't worry about it. But it's actually, the, it taught me a big lesson to not have road rage. Yeah. So I've really calmed down. Um. <laughs> Okay, we're going to go to 2017 now. Okay. Um, and again, um, special ingredients, Zorbit, tapioca, yes, maltodextrin. Maltodextrin. I love maltodextrin. Oh. It's just got that tangy sort of, <laughs> mm, it's delicious. Um, what's that for? You just 
basically you get this powder and you put any form of liquid into it and stir it and it turns into like snow. Oh. Yeah. It's just loads of chemistry tricks, this, isn't it? I know, but you know, I used to be so wanky with the way I wanted to cook and bake, and I don't do stuff like that anymore. How do you mean? Because you were trying to... Trying to, like, you know... Peacock. Be so cool. Okay, okay. Like big spectacles. Yeah, make things look amazing and whatever. So do you not, you don't feel the need to do that anymore? No. Does that make you cringe when you think about yourself doing that? Yes. Is it a bit like people reading their poetry as a teenager and they're just like, oh, God. Yeah. You look back at your earlier creations. Yeah. That's really interesting. So, so, so a cake now. You'd you'd rather it was just a bit more conservative with a small C. Yeah, and I just wouldn't. I think I used to think that you had to do things like this in order to be, you know, on trend and mm-hmm. cool. But the thing is, a lot of this stuff was still very pre-Instagram. Yes. And now uh, the world has changed so much. But back then, it was just. I don't know. I think I was trying to be very chefy. You're probably the last person to be doing what you're doing who hasn't been massively influenced by Instagram. Everyone yes. who comes after you now is going to be Insta, Insta, Insta. Which but you is, can see the difference. You're right. Yeah. Right. And what? So what's Insta done? It's all more spectacular, and it's all just more ridiculous. It's it it's like grabbing now, isn't it? That's the yeah, idea. Yeah, but and I think a lot of it is people make food now that is visually appealing as opposed to thoughtfully made to be yes. delicious. Yes. You know, everyone is slightly guilty of that. But also you can, I think that the amazing thing about Instagram is you can learn faster mm. and you can also learn things that you wouldn't. Back then you just didn't have all of these connections to people all around the world and see what everybody was doing all the time, whereas mm. now you do. And do you think that could is, be too much? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? A bit too much? I think it's too much. Because you've got to learn slowly. Because now and... everywhere's got the same sort of thing on their menu or the same sort of uh... You know, it will be like this month, everyone's got this. And then this, you know, it does feel quite samey. That's interesting. So weirdly, you'd think an explosion of Instagram stuff would mm. mean, would lead to loads of different things. But actually, everyone just sort of gets into line behind a craze. Yeah, in certain areas. So like, like puddings. In, in, yeah, in puddings and desserts, yeah. you can sort of see the, the people that cook seasonally, for example are all making the same seasonal dishes every month. Sorry, like very similar. Right, right, right. It's okay. not a bad thing, but it's just you wouldn't have that before so what, as much. So what dessert would you see now at a restaurant and go, that's so now? No, I don't, I don't want to be... Getting... No, you don't have to. I mean, oh. like, I'm just, I'm in, okay, so so like what, what craze, I don't want to get you in any hot water, um, but what craze for a dessert maybe like 10 years ago yeah. would you sort of look at and go, oh, I can't believe everyone's doing this? Well, as in 10 years ago, you would have maybe... In France, they have galette de roi, which is like a king cake and it's a puff pastry, almost like layered, two pieces of puff pastry and in, like a pativier. Starving. So and in the middle is this almond frangipan. Oh, stop it. Almond, it's so I've, good. Uh, almond is... And they are beautiful and they take so much skill and they're really hard to master. Mm. And I remember first being in kitchens and having to learn how to make them through books, through the Rue Brothers books. And, you know, really trying and every time it would fail because they're really meticulous, you'd have to like make another one and research and just try your best to make it good. And Or you'd have to ask someone who knew someone who knew how to make them. Like That's how sort of how things happened. Fail, 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 fail. fail. And now it's like you see this January... I could go and pick up a piece of this, you know, galette yeah. across lots of bakeries all over London, which mm. is amazing because they're delicious. But they're all really good. Right. And they're all all on the menu because it's... So you're less likely to be surprised. Yes. Go, oh, that's interesting. They've done that. But in one way, it's amazing because I think it's such a gorgeous thing to eat. So it's nice mm. to have it everywhere. Mm. But then isn't the world interesting because back then you would really have to graft and find out how to do things like go to a library yeah and now you just sort of go online and yeah it's just you've got a reel that shows you how to make it yeah it has made certain things too easy and loads of different recipes whereas before you'd have to actually find recipes in books yes 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 it's interesting interesting it's it's really really interesting find us on twitter and instagram at toaster pot is the main way trying to jam it's simple like a sunny film with cheese and ham at toaster pot at toaster pot at toaster pot i swear it's not a scam i think oh that's nice mr snug's outdoor cat kennel (laughs) i brought those for cats that are not even mine (laughs) is it green it's green What do you mean? I, I'm really obsessed with cats. <laughs> Is this a cat trap? Like, I love them so much to the point where, like, they make my heart pound. Okay. I love them. Do you know what you should do? 
get a cat? I did. You'll see what I bought. Okay. So hang on. <laughs> so so the outdoor cat kennel. Let's just just circle back to that. That's an outdoor cat kennel. Yeah. But not for your cat. No. What are you doing? Are you like are you some sort of cat perv? Do you put like yeah. cameras inside? Well, I like I at my parents' house, yeah. we've managed to get this local community of cats mm. that come and visit us every day. <laughs> and they belong to the neighbour who lives behind us and she she kind of knows that the cats just live in our garden. Are you feeding them? Yeah. Oh. She knows that we feed them. <laughs> and I and, and I really should not have done that. But and there you have, that started. But also, but we've got quite a good relationship with her. Fine, fine. She's got dogs and babies and she's like, it's whatever. Thank you for looking after them, actually. Yeah, exactly. You should but, you should bill her for the food costs. Yeah. But we <laughs> we we love the cats so much. You bought a kennel for cats, even though you don't have any cats, just yeah. to try and trap them in. It's just so they'd have somewhere, you know, I get it. to hang out. I, I totally get you it. Know. Listen, we've all got our weird... <laughs> I'm going to call it kinks, and that's absolutely <laughs> your thing. That's fine. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to leap into 2020. We always go into 2020 with a little bit of, you know, a caveat, because mm. obviously it was the crazy year and it was the awful year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's loads of purchases across the year as well. Um, you, uh, We said earlier on you went into lockdown with all your family. Mm-hmm. That must have been intense, hence why you bought books like Untethered Soul, The Journey yes. Beyond Yourself. That's one of my favourite books of all time. Oh, tell us everything. Give us the give us the hard sell. I, I buy that book for everybody. Oh, amazing. Okay. And it's my book that I read when I need to feel grounded again. Really? Mm. By Michael A. Singer. Oh, it's beautiful. What's it what's its sort of core thing then? What's the main message? It, it like helps you detach from your thoughts. Yes, please. And it really helps you learn that your thoughts are not you. Yeah. And acknowledging that they're separate from you it was just the most powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Because when I released my first book, I felt so sort of intimidated and embarrassed mm. that people were going to see this thing I'd written. That I went back to the book mm-hmm. and it just helped me feel a bit more feet on the ground. Yeah. Get over it. Yeah. And I just, and I bought, I buy this book for people that I think, oh, like maybe give this a read. Yeah. And everybody I've recommended it to has loved it. Okay. And one I of my a- friends read it. And came out. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. I know. Oh my God. And what, a, what a review. You should write that and as a review. And he's such a good man, the guy who wrote it. I just Gorgeous. love him. Michael A. Singer, Untethered Soul, mm. The Journey Beyond Yourself. Quick look in 2022. Uh, and we can see you've bought the cat tree scratching posts. Yes. It's, it's a sort of Tower of Babel for cats. Yes. Are you trapping more animals here? At this point, yeah. I had bought my own cat. Amazing. How mm. was that? He's a Maine Coon. Okay. I spent £800 on him. Wow. Because I was watching a YouTube video about cats one morning. Oh, my life. And I started crying. <laughs> what, went just because of the video? <laughs> I started crying over how much, I, 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 how much joy I felt. <laughs> just watching the video or when you got the cat? Watching the video. So how were you when the cat arrived? Then I Googled Maine Coon London and I found one and I went and bought it immediately. Oh, my God. Yes. That is spontaneous. Yeah. That's full on. Mm. Famously, cats are for life, not just yeah. for November. Um, 26th of November, 2022, <laughs> you spent £531 yeah. on the pet kit self-cleaning yes. cat litter tray. They are never self-cleaning. They are not. It was horrific. <laughs> it was horrific. I gave it away. Why? It also, it looks like there's a cat living in a 1990s <laughs> Apple Mac computer. <laughs> It literally looks like Steve Jobs, but it's the cat doing some jobs in there. It was like, really bad. Puramax automatic litter tray offers a spacious interior with a capacity for cats no more than eight kilograms. Yeah, and he was a big, getting to be a big cat, but it was a really bad purchase. So the extra large waste tray allows up to 15 so days bad. free of scooping. So you've got 15 days of cat crap building up. It was so horrific. Why? Because the smell? Why? What happens? It was you had in order to keep this cat toilet going. So the cat would go in, yeah, and every time he'd come out, it turned like a washing machine. Ah, uh. but the smell of it filtering out the shit uh. was so bad. <laughs> and what happened was it'd go into this tray, but you had to then spend seventy pounds a month on the bags that fitted in the tray. Oh, the o- special bags, the odorizer yeah. soapy thing, oh, the wow. then odorizer spray, and if all any of those things were not there, it was. Bad. Wow. And one day I remember he had the runs and it went 
everywhere in that machine. <laughs> so it's basically a tumble dryer for oh, cat shit. And I made my husband clean it. And then <laughs> I ended up actually, so then I got pregnant. Right. After like having Armand for like five months or something. And then realising that I live in a one bedroom flat. Yeah. I couldn't have, you, you can't be near cat litter if you're pregnant. It's like extremely oh, toxic. God. Yes. Okay. So then I basically moved him down the road to my husband's dad's house, who's got a big garden and two other cats. Yeah. And Armand was only meant to go there for a bit and he's still there. Oh. I love him so much, uh, but he's, he's, I mean, he doesn't want to be with me anymore. Oh, God. Do I mean, do you go and see him in prison? I do. How does, I do. How does it work? I take him treats. Oh, he's just... really aggressive, actually. <laughs> he's really aggressive. <laughs> I love it. That's so funny. I know. <laughs> but I am going to take him back when I get a house with a garden. Are you? I'm going to take all three of those cats. <laughs> okay. Okay, fine. So if you live near Ravney, yeah. <laughs> if you see her going around with a net, you know she's just uh, made a few quid with a new book. <laughs> yeah. She's about to entice some more cats in. All right, listen, we've got to knock this on the head because we've been. this has been going for far too long. And like I said at the beginning, we didn't need your biography. We found out everything about you. There you go. Right? And if we want to know anything else about you, we'll just ask your brother. You, know, <laughs> you can tell us the truth. January 2024. Look, let's look at your last few orders. Let's see where you are now with your life. Um, uh, you bought The Sound of Freedom. So there's someone who's... Um, <laughs> Have you seen that film? Saying, saying goodbye to the freedom. No, what is it? It's really sad. Oh, God. That's Sorry. the thing. When you have a kid... It's really sad. When you have a kid, you become especially vulnerable to anything mm, it's sad. It's really sad. It's, okay. it's a film about child trafficking. No, fa- Why did you... What were you th- you've got a two-month-old oh, no. baby. It's really sad. Did you watch it? Yeah. Do you like sad stuff? No. Why did you I don't do know. that? I you saw make, it on TikTok and then I watched it. Delicious puddings. You're a, you're a, you're a joy maker. <laughs> it was really sad. I get so cross. Like it was disturbing. I went to see The Iron Claw a couple of nights ago. Mm. This new wrestling film mm. about four mm. brothers. It's a big spoiler coming if you haven't seen The Iron Claw. They all fucking die. <laughs> Three of them by fucking suicide. <laughs> oh. Uh, right. And I was just like, I just can't. So I'll go and watch that then. I can't bear it. <laughs> Especially when you've got a kid, you're so vulnerable to that mm. stuff. Um Okay, so Sound of Freedom uh, sounds mm-hmm. like a really funny slapstick mm-hmm. comedy. Do check that out. Uh, you've also bought the Sensational Baby Sleep Plan, a practical guide. Hated that. To, yeah, I mean, I would say any book about uh, babies and sleeping, mm. similar to a cat litter machine. It's just, you just have to no. live all this stuff. Yeah, no. Because you cannot inflict the plan no, from the book on no, your baby. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And it also makes you feel stressed. Like you're not doing your homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have Fuck to just off. be in the moment and sort of what you were saying earlier on about, um, you know, learning all the recipes and stuff like that and, then you know, absorbing all the stuff out there and failing. You have to do that with the kids as well. Yeah. There's no quick fix to any of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, agreed. You've just got to get on with it and it's going to be really awful, but also the best bit of life. Mm. That's the... That's the problem. That's the nub. Um, okay, uh, we've got a... Uh, <laughs> I hope you don't mind me flagging this up. 16th of January, a women's waist cincher belt. Oh, it doesn't work. Oh. <laughs> it really doesn't work. Well, it's like a corset thing. <laughs> but it makes you feel worse because it like brings your stomach in, but then at the bottom and at the top, you just bulge over and out. <laughs> disgusting. Those things just make people feel worse. Physically yeah. and mentally. Yeah. They're not, they're, they're not going to work. But, no. you know, good to know. Twelve yeah. ninety nine. You've learned the lesson. Yeah. It's fine. Um, mine's fine. <laughs> just, <laughs> I just loosen it. Um, and then let's get to the final orders, okay? You bought a, oh, an Obel Classic Ball baby rattle. Yeah. You bought a rattle for your boy. It's adorable. Uh, and then you bought cocoa powder as well. Yes. That's really good cocoa powder. It's called a Dizan Terra Rossa cocoa powder. It's elite cocoa powder. Really? Yeah. Again, another good recommendation. Yeah. Um, and are you using this at the moment just for making stuff for yourself or is this all work stuff? What's for going myself? Because making chocolate cake is one of my favourite things to make in the world. Yes. And whenever I'm feeling a bit like, mm, I make chocolate cake, I'm going to make one tonight. That is, what a perfect place to leave the podcast. Mm. I like that. Hopefully someone's been, you know, maybe listening to this and they're just getting home. What am I going to do? Make a chocolate cake. Can you do, right, a very quick verbal, listen, here's the quickest way to make a chocolate cake. Here's the ultimate quick pitch chocolate cake for a listener who's just getting to the end of the podcast and they're a bit peckish and they want to do something Mm. nice for themselves. Go on to Google and type in Ravneet Gill, lazy person's cake. Love that. 
and it's this chocolate cake recipe. There's a wet mix, a dry mix. You mix both of them, then you mix them together, bung it in the oven, and it's so good. And it's got five grams of instant coffee in it. And everyone's like, I don't want to put the coffee in. You don't have to. Just don't put the coffee in. It doesn't make a difference, really. But it's so fucking tasty. Then you pour ganache all over it, and it's just cut a slice, put it in the microwave for five to ten seconds Stop it. the ganache will melt get some cold cream please pour it all over oh that's your night all <laughs> the cats in the neighborhood will be at the window <laughs> what is the what is the length of time from i feel a bit sad to i'm eating that amazing thing what are we saying two hours oh, i'll do but also make it slice it put it in the freezer yes also once you've made it it lasts for about five days and are you still managing to do this with the baby yeah good Put them in a carrier. Yes. Priorities. Yes. Chocolate cake over kids. Yeah. Cats, chocolate cake, kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, good. We've learned everything we need to know about Ravni. Uh, Ravni Gill, you're absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for coming and sharing this on Thank My Mate Bought a Toaster. Um, we can find you on Instagram, right? With brilliant recipes and videos and great cat content. Um, if you live in West London and your cat has gone missing, probably have a look at... I'm actually in East. So. You, okay. If you live in East London, <laughs> you don't need to be that specific. <laughs> If you live in East London and your cat has gone missing, probably ask Ravni. Mm. Give you a quick, uh, quick message on Instagram. She's probably got it. Um, anything else we need to mention? The book. I mean, what's the what's your latest cookbook? Let's give that a plug. Come on. It's called Baking for Pleasure. Baking for Pleasure. Okay, perfect. Go and get that book at once. Uh, Rav, thank you. This has been a delight. Thank you. That was really funny. That was so good. <laughs> And that, ladies and gentlemen, completes today's episode. Thank you to the wonderful Ravneet Gill, the cat catcher supreme there. If you enjoyed the episode, check out our patreon.com slash toasterpod. There are extra bits of the interview with Rav, such as her favourite cookbook. Uh, this is from 1993, this um, book originally. It's a horror... Oh, there's a re- I've got a really good... I love the old books that don't have many pictures in them. Oh, and really? I've got an old book that's a little A5 one on jelly and jam and i use that one a lot find out what that one is over at patreon.com slash toasterpod for as little as three quid a month you get all the extra bits and bobs next week an episode already up on patreon.com slash toasterpod the brilliant helen thorne is going to be talking about well all sorts how fucking spooky because two two months later i found out my husband was having an affair my world fell apart how weird the fantastic helen thorne from scummy mummies she's so good she's so frank and she is so funny and she is next week's guest and like i say that's already up at patreon.com slash toasterpod in the meantime have a great week if you get a chance and you are inclined to do so any sort of review would just be gorgeous um do it on your podcasting app and it really really helps get some new bums on seats not that i don't hate your bums I should go. All right, see you next week. Lots of love. It's my baby.